beautiful. Happy International Women's Day. But y'all know that at Africana Woman, every day is a women's day. You are listening to episode 66 of the Africana Woman podcast. Chulu is my name. I am a writer, self-branding coach, entrepreneur, and mentor. This show is the home of African women's stories. We share ideas, triumphs, challenges, and lessons from our perspective as women. Our library is a step to cementing our place in history. Her story, your story, is powerful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to all the new listeners and welcome back to the Africana Woman family. Please hit the subscribe button or visit AfricanaWoman.com to become an official Africana Woman visionary. Babe girl. Hey, this week has been rough. (laughs) It's actually been two rough weeks. I can't really talk about it, but when I listened to this episode again, I felt like I was listening to it just when I needed it the most. Like the divine alignment of how relevant this message is to my life right now is insane. I honestly just love the way God operates. So you think we are saying these encouraging words just for you. Sometimes we need to hear them too and be reminded of the greatness already in us. The theme for 2022 Women's Day is Gender Equity Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. Now listen, I was talking to some ignorant men about this as part of the celebrations. Woo! Lord. I really understood what privilege looks like. Men really believe that women can just snap out of generational trauma, years of abuse, male conditioning, then even have the audacity to further insinuate that women are the reason we are not where we are. We're not as far ahead as we claim we want to be. <laughs> Child. Girl. It was such a disempowering conversation. And, you know, it was on the actual day. And it was three guys against one woman being me. I... Uh, I walked away very, very um, drained. So that's why I'm so grateful that I can share this conversation with you. That is really about women taking back your power and owning your inherent greatness. It is also the first in a series of conversations that I have with phenomenal Caribbean women. I am so excited for you to hear all of the conversations. Okay, so please enjoy. Marsha Ann Donaldson Brown is a woman driven by fierce passion and pride, inextricably linked to how she lives or she commits to, and the lives she inspires. 
Her infectious energy and enthusiasm blended with her engaging attitude have made her a top pick for motivational speaking appearances, particularly for women and girls. Her light burns brightest when she is encouraging and empowering women to live a life of purpose-filled passion. The growing community of her heart-minded women who join her weekly live show, Talk with Marsha Ann on YouTube. Please go check it out, guys. Go check it out. Know that there is no textbook for the nuggets that are shared there. It is all real life experiences. A veteran of the hospitality and tourism sectors, Donaldson Brown, Ms. Marsha Ann, as I love to call her, <laughs> occupies a pivotal role with a global power brand. Now listen, she has like my dream job. She <laughs> is the director of romance. Like, Marsha Ann, can you please hook us up? Like... <laughs> She is the director of romance and oversees the destination wedding program and leads a team spanning 18 resorts. Marsha Ann has been featured on international media platforms, including Good Morning America and Fox Business Life. She is the proud mother of two and they are gorgeous. Like guys, first of all, her daughter is like so innovative, such an amazing entrepreneur. Just love it, love it, love it. And her son, oh goodness, young man, you're going to be breaking hearts out there. Okay. And a woman of faith. Marsha Ann is a true champion of her beloved Jamaica. Hey. Jamaica Roots here and Heritage. (laughs) Her latest purpose-driven mission is to empower women to activate their greatness and guide them in transforming their lives to one of purpose, one of passion, and one of prosperity. Now, just that last bit, you know why I had to invite Marsha Ann Donaldson Brown to the Africana Woman Mic. Welcome. Oh my goodness. I am so honored. I'm so happy and I'm so excited just to be in your presence because I believe you're like a stadium bulb emitting light all over the world by what you do. So to be in your midst and the midst of everyone that is listening and will be listening and will be listening for as long as they replay, um, it's a blessing that we can connect as one empowered woman to another. Yeah, this is this is good. Oh, thank you. So Marsha Ann and I met through um, Purpose to Platform, and that is through our coach, Patrice Washington. And listen, each time Marsha Ann speaks, you just you just have to listen, listen to her voice, listen to the wisdom just dropping like uh, like sugar. It's so it's so nice. I just love it. <laughs> So you guys really, when I say you need to go check out her YouTube channel, Real Talk with Marsha Ann, I'm telling you, you are going to have such a blessing from every single episode. So Marsha Ann, now this is the Africana woman mic, right? But I just wanted, I don't know, I felt called to have conversations with um, my Caribbean sisters and I know that there's so much that we have in common. We have this shared passion, shared culture. 
picture and I, 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 I'm not even sure why yet, but I just, I was, I just woke up one day and it was just like, you need to have this Caribbean <laughs> series, <Next>. like, <laughs> right? So tell us a little bit about Jamaica. What was it like growing up there? Oh my goodness. My most amazing, simple, sweet childhood memories And for us, it's the Caribbean lifestyle. But for me, it was a whole combination of the richness of growing up in a beautiful neighborhood where families mattered, like all doors open, you're walking down the street, one with another, the entire community, like it takes a village to raise a child. Um, So I had that experience growing up. Um, The beach was a big part of my life, which is why you see that I'm always by the water. Um, And so for me, I enjoyed the fact that at the end of a work day, mommy would come home at 5.15, you hear her car toot, 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 and we're running down in the middle of the week, running to go to the beach just to watch the sunset take a splash in the water. I mean, it's the simple things of life. The coconut jelly that, you know, you just get the coconut straight from the tree, slash it off, and we're getting that to drink. And then I believe the beauty of just, it's a vibe. I think it's so hard to describe, but it's really a spirited vibe. Let me just say that. I believe the ability to know, I believe true prosperity. I understand prosperity now because it wasn't about the money. It was about the richness of family, friends, fellowship, fun, faith, and food. Lots of food. So that being a part, I mean, I would say that those pillars were really very strong. Um And the connectivity and the caring one for another. I mean, I grew up in that era where if your neighbor had extra mangoes, you're going to get them. The whole street is going to get, you know. Um, And I believe it really helped to form a big part of how my heart is today. And that is, I don't get caught up in stuff. Things that can dissolve, material things that dissolve I don't have the sparkling eyes for glamour like that. Um, I look for depth. I appreciate the depth of connections, the depth of relationships, the simple pleasures of life, early in the morning walk, listening to the birds chirp, going by the beach, sharing, giving, charity. My parents are both highly charitable and they are public servants. So I grew up with that servant heart. So I would say that my simple island life, I have evolved into mellowing to loving it more now than even appreciating it as much growing up. And I did leave Jamaica um, to go. Yeah, I left Jamaica, went away to university overseas, um, lived and worked overseas, and I made a choice to come back home. Really? Where did you go? So I went to Florida as close to Jamaica as possible, (laughs) which meant meant coming back home was so easy, right? Mm. Um, But yeah, I migrated with the intentions Mm -hmm. of thinking I would live there through my career years 
and then you know eventually choose to retire and come back to Jamaica. No, my my heart to serve the country and to give back as a contribution of my knowledge and impact um, started to needle me. So I lived away for 10 years and I moved back home and this is my home. This is my home. Do I have all of the the glitz and the glamour um, and the material acquisitions that some of my overseas um, counterparts have? No. Do I feel wealthy? Absolutely. I feel so rich with the simple pleasures that I enjoy. And especially now where I feel that my life is purpose driven, which is how you and I connected. Um, it's, It's hard to describe the fulfillment that I now have. I wasn't always there, but I have evolved. Uh, Okay, so I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna be a little bit naughty here. Um, And then we'll come back to this conversation. (laughs) Listen, every time, every other time I'm seeing Marsha Ann, Marsha Ann has got her leg up in the sky. Like she is so flexible. Tell me about that. Did you do some ballet? (laughs) What did you do? Fancy you asking. So that was one of the best childhood memories and experiences. Yes, I did ballet as a child. And I tell everybody now that I'm fascinated by muscle memory because ballet was 100 years ago. And I'm still able to this day um, have my extensions up in the air, can do a stretch from from north to south, literally, um, can do that split. No, I'm serious. And so a big part of what I gained from ballet, and it's so important, and I say this to anyone that's listening, especially if you have influence on children or have children for yourself or have nieces or nephews and cousins, get them involved because... I know sometimes, especially as kids, you're like, oh, my gosh, another extracurricular activity. But whatever that is, it really does help to form the character of who we are today. For me, ballet was such a fierce sense of discipline, the grace and the style that everybody sees, what goes on behind the scenes the practice, the tenacity, the perseverance, those are character building experiences. But then I also came out with the poise and the grace. And people to this day will see me walking or standing and they'll say, you must have done ballet at some point in your life because it lives with you. So whatever, especially we can get our children involved in, it doesn't matter what. I believe that that's a big part of how We are who we are based on those experiences. Life is more than an A. Life is more than a 4.0. Life is about creating well-rounded individuals. So even if you didn't get to do it then, like I want to become a silver swan and I do want to do ballet again, um, But it doesn't matter when it's infused in your life. I believe that all of us need to work on creating more balance in our lives to really be more fulfilled. That's my perspective, especially as women. 
especially as women. No, that is, that is so true. You know, my son is 13 years old and um, he just got himself an internship at a fashion design company I and saw he's making that. jewelry. And I, I keep telling that. people that, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's gone to work. He's gone yes. to his internship and everybody's getting surprised. He's too young. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's so not. He's yeah. having a fabulous time because he is just getting to be express himself through whatever creative medium he's working on that day and you know even when you look at okay what does it mean to have a business to do customer service and all of those things those are indirect things that he's learning you know um and not like force feeding in you know <laughs> that yeah, some of these things we can't do in school you're absolutely right and you're laying the foundation these are the building blocks that will yeah. aid him to become so much more well-rounded and responsible the responsibility aspect is so key yeah yeah so guys don't be afraid let your kids move away from the screens and mm-hmm. <laughs> And let them do something out there in the world, you know? So, Marsha Ann, do you think this something that has been lost from the time that you grew up with this younger generation? Oh, my goodness. My heart aches with that reality. Here is what has happened to us. We never grew up with the advent of all of the accessibility to technology. Human beings that have a beating heart are designed by God to connect one with another. And the connection is human to human. I believe care, compassion, understanding, engagement, is only possible human-to-human connection. Humans are are designed to know that they need recognition as a person. That's a part of our nurturing. So what happens is that if we begin to have these gaps, we're an inanimate object like a screen, a phone, a computer, becomes this connection for us. That inanimate object has no heart. So our ability to nurture, care, love diminishes so much. And as a result, a lot of what we see happening regardless of where we live is this fundamental void in the human connection and the organic play. The outside, run around, toss a ball, sweat, enjoy one another, be fiercely competitive, healthy competition. It don't exist. It's dwindling away. And not to mention what the pandemic has done. So the pandemic has magnified the dissolve of human connection. And if we must connect, we're in mask. And what is the universal language? A smile. 
So if you can no longer have the ability for the beauty of one's smile to be exchanged in walking on the road and coming in closer contact, do you know the physical benefit of just hugging and what it releases in the body? The, the positive chemicals that we release by just embracing one another. So to your question, what have we lost? There is a massive gap and life is more than your immediate family. Period. Yeah. And, and uh, there's the saying that, you know, like your friends are the family you choose and you need to go out there and have real friends absolutely <laughs> not just not just you know friends that you sort of have a conversation with for maybe 30 minutes or not even 30 minutes like you just you know post a comment and then oh that's a friendship no and that's it that's exactly it so here is where my greatest concerns lie mm. and, and your point could not be clearer the concept of friends now is now weighted by likes in social media. When you hear people saying, oh, they're my friends, what, what do you know about them? Well, they're always liking my posts. You talk to a younger person today and, and, and the damage behind that is that we're putting the weight of our worth based on someone, if someone commented or didn't comment, like or didn't like, troll or didn't troll. So we have an obligation as citizens of this world who are definitely a lot more cemented in our persona. We have an obligation and that's a big part of where my heart is now. When I talk about grooming queens for greatness, I am, my mission is to help to pluck out that younger generation of women to find the worth within, not the worth on the outside. Because if we value the worth on the outside to measure who we are, then that value is based on the terms and conditions of someone else. That's a slip, that's an avalanche. Now, Marsha Ann, you know, you, your own experience, your own life is, is sort of similar to mine in the sense that, you know, on the outside, we were looking okay, right? So everybody's looking at you and thinking, okay, you know, she's okay. She's got the job. She's got the house, the 2.5 kids, all of, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But tell us what was behind that, what was behind what the, 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 the mask that you wore before you stepped out of that house? What was behind? Ah, I'm so glad you asked because my biggest mission now, which is why I am so passionate about this, is to help to liberate women who have lived the life of wearing the real mask, of saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm doing good. And I say it best, seemingly accomplished, seemingly well achieved, seemingly have it going on personally and professionally, but on the inside, knowing full well, 
not fulfilled. So my journey is not a difficult one to share. My journey, like several other high-achieving women who would be listening in on this, will be able to relate that as a high-achieving woman, you're always on the quest for more, to do more. Oh, I've got that degree. Oh, I need another certification. No, I need another degree. Finding the desire to push, to do more, to be seen more, to get more because of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome for me manifested and was magnified, especially when I was diagnosed with lupus. And lupus is an autoimmune condition. And when it attacks you, it literally wears you down. But because I wanted to still seem like the superwoman, having it all together, I chose to hide having the condition because one, I was afraid of seemingly being weak. I was afraid of judgment, of going, oh my gosh, do you think she's able to do it? Do you think she's capable? Will she be strong enough? In the corporate world, I did not, I was that strong woman. So I am going up against, and I feel in my head that I wanted the weight of being able to be the barrier breaker for other women who are going to be coming behind me. So I've got to appear strong and mighty. And so... I wore the pain of that because you can't be superwoman and be unwell at the same time. That was the limiting belief I had in my head. And would you believe I carried that weight for 12 and a half years on my sickest days when I could not even walk on my eyelashes plagued in pain, malaise, like everything. And I carried that for 12 and a half years. Can you imagine wearing a mask that has no oxygen for 12 and a half years? Because technically I was stifling myself and did not even know because that's what it does. Imposter syndrome will manifest itself in so many different ways for so many different persons. But high achieving women tend to have it a lot more because the narrative in our head is you've got to prove that you can. Who are you proving to? The voices in our heads. And so I literally had to let go and liberate myself. And I'm so proud. July 2020 last year was when I literally took myself out of the bondage of imposter syndrome and set myself free by coming publicly on my social media platform to declare to the world, I have been masking this for a long time. Now, here is a reality. You see that mask? My statement to everyone on here, you don't have to have lupus. Take my story and understand 
that whatever your greatest pain is, your, your, the, the pain of your past, the pain of your journey, the pain of your story, wherever you have pain, that you choose to mask that pain in an effort to have a face, a front, a profile, understand that you are literally in bondage and there's only one way to get out and that is to set yourself free and understand that your story is not for you, but it is to help someone else set themselves free. Mm. Marsha Ann, could you tell us a little bit about what it was like for your children to watch you hiding this for 12 and a half years? And then I would love to really know about what, what was it like freeing yourself from bondage? Mm. Because we don't do it because we're afraid, right? We have all these fears, but did the fears come true? Like, what was that experience like? So I will address first for my children. So I would safely say to you that when I got diagnosed with lupus, like any diagnosis, you rummage to learning a lot. And at the same time that I got diagnosed, I knew of other women who had lupus. And unfortunately for me, they passed shortly after my diagnosis. Now understand that at that point, I am living in going, oh my God, I had just had my son. So I am a, I'm a mom of a newborn. I've got my daughter and I did not want my children to know. I didn't want my daughter who would have been at the age to understand, to know. I remember at home one night that on our national television, they were doing a feature on lupus. She was right beside me and she was watching it intently. And she said, oh my God, mom, that's such a bad disease. And in my heart of heart, I'm like, you have no idea that your mom has this, right? And so I had to steal up more. So a part of my fear process was the fear of not being well enough and not being around for my children. That was a first crippling fear. And so I chose not to say anything until I believe I, I couldn't hide it from my daughter any longer as she grew older because the manifestation of my illness became very obvious at times. Um, I had to go in the hospital just before she was going to be taking her pre-high school examination. Um, it was a really challenging time. I have had the medical scares. So I had to coach her through the assurance that I would be fine. So I didn't talk about it much. I also had the mindset, um, Chulu, that I also didn't want to name it. I didn't want to say I have lupus. I felt like I was giving it credibility 
as I was pushing it out of my system. And I was so determined to fight. And although they say that it is definitely not curable, in other words, this is something that you've got to live with, my mindset became steel-like with my mission to determine how I'm going to overcome it and deal with it and manage it. And I've got such an incredible success story that I know that is only possible because of God, my immediate supporting team, and the lifestyle that I have chosen. So when you see me smiling and glowing and my feet are up, honey, that's because I am so happy. I literally take each day of life as a gift. I I don't play with that. Like I wake up and when my eyes open, you would think that I'm a kid in a candy store. Like when it dawns on me that I'm alive for another day, I'm like, okay, so people will never necessarily understand that my joy is not tied to anything but just being grateful for life. I am genuinely, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a happy person. I'm secondary happy, but I'm first joyful because happiness can change with happenstances, like Things and circumstances can change around you to determine if you are happy. But my joy from within, I am just so grateful for life. I have seen so many others suffer gravely. I've got to give thanks. And so I know that I have spoken out the joy of knowing that I can help others and that I've been getting direct messages I, for the first time, went on someone's platform and spoke about lupus a couple months ago. Like, that is not a conversation. I would have shied away from that all this time. So that covers question one. Question two. Yeah. You asked me about how you let go and, you know, did any of these fears manifest? Listen. We know fear is all about the evidence of things appearing real. The conversations we have in our head, the visualization of, oh my gosh, you picture it from the cover of the book to the end or from the beginning of the movie until the credits go up, you make it in your head. Our mind is a battlefield, you know. And we have to understand that we've got to recondition, rewire, redirect, and reroute our mind and what we control in our thoughts. What our thoughts manifest for us can be either extraordinarily great or extraordinarily disastrous. So a lot of my fears, I remember when I was going to be doing my master's, I'm like, you know, I want to do my master's. This is the high achieving mode now, right? Um, This is before my diagnosis. I've got to do my master's because listen, I mean, as a woman in the corporate world, that was the imposter syndrome stage too, eh? As a woman in the, in, in the corporate world, 
you need that other degree, you know, like you, you, you just have to have it. Meanwhile, P.S., note well, did you get the memo that the same colleagues that you're going up against didn't even have the bachelor's or the master's, but you thought within yourself that as the woman in the room, it, like, I got to check that off and I have to have it by X. This, let's talk about the other pressure, societal and what we compound for ourselves. Self-sabotage is really, and a lot of us as women suffer from it. The pressure of thinking, oh my goodness, you, you have to have the degree by X. You have to have this job by X. If you're going to have a child, it has to happen by X. If you're going to be married, it has to happen by X. Who's by X? By X, by whose definition? So I had self-manifested some of the fears of thinking, oh my goodness, so if I fall ill, this is what's going to happen. If I don't work, what's going to happen? Um, if I, if I, oh, and then I had the worst part where I thought when I began, when I was diagnosed with lupus, and then I had to be on a lot of steroids and I began to blow up physically, like my face had the moon face. I put on the weight. It was a battle. You couldn't tell me when I was walking that, that everybody didn't see me 10 times my size. No, the poor people didn't even know me. They're walking, going about their business. But what's in the head, eh? You cannot let go until you accept that you must let go. Otherwise, you're going to carry the weight, the burden, the stress, and you become a magnet for other stressors. So here is a manifestation that we must look into ourselves and ask. If fear is crippling you, if imposter syndrome has encaged you, I guarantee you this, that there are other areas of your life that you're struggling, personally, professionally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, I could, psychologically, I could go on. Because you are not in a place of freedom. And until we set ourselves free, mind, body, and soul, we are all living in bondage. You do not have to be behind a cage to live in bondage. Your invisible cage is what you are living behind. Your mask that you're wearing today is hiding your pain. The pain of your past is, is behind your physical mask that you're wearing. And it's not allowing you to take it off to face it. You got to face it. And so last year, I came up with my pillars for myself, which I now use to say, I've got to help other women too. And it's very simple. 
that there's no way to govern your freedom until you choose to lead your life. And the leading my pillars are very simple. The Ellen lead is to let go. Liberate yourself from whatever you know is holding you back. It could be you're going to have to sit and trace your past. Like a part of liberating myself included identifying last year. When we shut, you know, busyness is another disorder. eh? As a high achiever and as someone who doesn't want to face the things that they don't want to confront, you get busy. So I'm speaking to my people on here who are caught up in busyness. I never said in being productive. I'm saying being busy because busyness is a manifestation of avoidance of facing what you don't want to confront. So you are the hamster going on a wheel, nonstop, breathlessly tired, wearing yourself out to exhaustion because you don't want to face what you don't want to confront, right? So I found out when we were completely in lockdown, I had to face myself. And and in facing myself, you've got to trace back to as far as your memory can recall, whether you are two years old or three. And some of the pain is going to require that you get therapy. And especially high-achieving women who wear the cape like to think, I don't need help. I can do this. No, you can't. Take the cape off. I am here to tell you, let the cape go. And when you trace your past, you will identify triggers, trauma, stressors that have impacted who you are today. But because you have worn the mask for so long, you don't know. So here's what I discovered for myself last year. In tracing my steps back about why I felt I had to do more and be more, I also recalled when I recoiled from speaking up as much as I ought to because I was a a very talkative child. I loved to talk. I was in speech. I was in drama. I was encouraged at home to do so. But after a while in school, let me tell you, school life has the bullyism. We used to call it teasing. I never knew what bullyism was until I became an adult because that's not what we called it culturally. Like, oh, they're just teasing you. But hard words hurt. And I remember being teased about why do you have to speak up so much, one? And two, why do you speak properly? What is properly? And after a while, I had no idea how much I dimmed my light over the years to make others shine. So I stepped back to give others a chance to go in front. When I needed to speak up, I nullified speaking because I was listening to, why are you speaking up so much? Why do you have to be the one to speak? And I knew a part of my mission was to speak up for the voiceless. I grew up seeing my dad do that. 
And I grew up with that innate thing, but then I started to dissipate. I took my voice back last year. And that's a part of liberating myself. So I'm saying to anyone who needs to go through this exercise, become uncomfortable with shutting down by yourself, not with a device, not with noise, not with anyone. Find a space in a room, under a tree, no distractions, and begin to face the demons that you've been hiding from. And demons meaning the pain, the hurt, the trauma. Because until you choose that your life is worth living in a fulfilled way, if you have to fake it, you're not going to make it. Magnify it. Say that again. If you have to fake it, you are not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You're not. Because we love that saying, fake it till, fake you, it make till it. you make it. But you're no. not. Mm-hmm. You're not. And you see, especially as women, our mask comes in so many different forms dressing up, accessorizing, makeup, mm-hmm. filters, filters on a phone. Oh. Yeah. So So many other things have been created for us to mask ourselves. So let me just wrap up by talking about lead. I want us to make a commitment and wherever you are listening from, write this down for yourself. Because there's no point in us doing these things, listening, being hearers of the word and not doers of the word, right? So all of us are on a mission to take action in our lives. So I would pose to you, are you truly living your life on purpose? Are you functioning, checking off the box, getting the things done, but deep down you know you are not fulfilled? You've got to identify what fulfillment means to you. It's not looking at somebody else's life that seemingly is fulfilled. It's about your life. What does being fulfilled mean to you? And how are you going to lead this life? So for me, any area, drop it under any pillow, wherever you feel you are breaking, personally, professionally, mentally, physically, emotionally, you can lead your life by doing this. You got to L. Let go of what's holding you back. What are the things that are holding you back that you need to let go off of? Hurt, unforgiveness, bitterness, trauma, pain, limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, lack of love. What is it? Broken relationships that you're still carrying the corpse of. Um, What is it that you need to let go of? E, empower yourself. No one can empower you. Empowerment is truly from within. A, activate. Act in activate is a verb. It means you've got to take action. And taking action 
means things like, do you need to get the help required with a, with a therapist? Do you need a coach to help you to develop? But remember what you're activating. What does it say? Activate means that the thing already exists. And so why I talk about activate is that I know that all of us have greatness that's within. God, God designed us individually to be great. So greatness is already in your DNA. You just got to activate it. What is it that you are so great at that you have chosen to suppress because you don't think your gifts and talents are anything to be spoken of? So you have suppressed that, activate it. And then D, you've got to decide. You have to decide that you are worth it. You are worth it. Your life is worth it. What you're busy pouring into everybody else, you love your children, you love your friends, you're busy cheering them on. You are the biggest supporter of everyone else. But you have neglected yourself in the process? No. Today, you've got to make a decision. You have to decide. And that decision will shift your life to lead a life of purpose, truly activate your greatness. And my mission is very simple. My desire is to ensure that I can be a vehicle to have other young women and women at large empower themselves, be engaged, but most importantly, got to believe in transformation, transforming their lives to one of purpose, passion, and prosperity. Marsha, and you just preached the word. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for all that wisdom. I hope you heard, and this is something that you need to go back to. I know you've heard it this first time, but go back, take the notes, let it sink into your spirit, lead, let it go, okay? Empower yourself. There is only, You are the only person that can empower you. Don't believe that somebody out there is going to validate you. Somebody out there is going to do it for you. You have the power to do it yourself. Then you have to activate the greatness that is already in you. I've written it down. Greatness is already in your DNA. You just have to activate it. I was like, ah! Okay, and then decide. I always say this, you have to make change an option. If you don't make change an option, then, well, you know, you might find yourself in the same place 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line because you haven't made change an option. So you have to decide you are worthy. You are worthy of living a brilliant life. You are worthy of prosperity, you know, you're worthy of just choosing the type of lifestyle that you actually want to have. And don't be forced by society's um, expectations of what your life should be. No, your life is your own. You get to choose what it should be. Oh, okay. I'm going to go off. <laughs> No, no, no. This is a good place for us to, to start winding down. Isn't she infectious, guys? Isn't she infectious? Okay, Ms. Marsha Ann, how do people learn more about you? How do they connect with you? Where do they find you? And tell us, good tell us. Question. All right. So I am definitely most active on Instagram. 
And I can be found at Marsha Ann, the letter B, like Queen B. So it's at Marsha Ann B on Instagram. I definitely would invite you to come on over and find me on YouTube and subscribe to Real Talk with Marsha Ann. And season three is going to be coming up soon. So Real Talk with Marsha Ann on YouTube. And then also on Facebook. Um, I do now have um, Facebook as Marsha Ann Donaldson Brown on Facebook as well. So yeah, my primary one is at Marsha Ann B on Instagram. Ah, thank you. Marsha Ann, it has been so delightful, such a joy. And you know that every time I speak to you, I just get, I feel so happy. You know, Marsha Ann will leave me these amazing voice notes and they're just so encouraging. I, I love it. I know that, oh, oh Marsha Ann left me a message. I know this is going to be good <laughs> because she, who you've heard right now, this is who she is. She just exudes wanting to just, let women be the best that they can be. And she that's what she pours out into every contact that she has. And I, I really do appreciate you, Marsha Ann. Like, I appreciate the prayers you've said for me. I appreciate all the encouragement. I appreciate your support. And I, I can't, first of all, I can't wait to come to Jamaica because it's- Exactly. But I need to come visit you too. So yes. we're going to have this cross exchange. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if I have to describe for everybody how fabulous you look. So you have to tell everyone that I have a real love for incredible statement necklaces. And she is teasing me with one right now, dressed for the occasion. And the fabric choice of her one shoulder, her asymmetric dress. Is just listen. It's a it's a whole fashion show over here. <laughs> you know what? If you are going to talk to the Marsha Ann Donaldson Brown, you better show up prepared. So I was like, Ooh, I'm bringing out the best right here. I was so excited. I've been planning this the whole day. <laughs> But yeah, so please go check it out on YouTube because then you get to see our beautiful neck pieces. And yeah, okay. Um, I guess we have to wrap it up. But oh, I hope you guys really do get to connect with Marsha Ann. She is such a lovely, beautiful soul. And I'm so grateful that you said yes to come and pour into the Africana woman community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, my honor. Blessings abound to everyone. And remember, don't forget, you, de you deserve to live a fulfilled life, a life of purpose, a life of passion, and a life of prosperity. You owe it to yourself. Go lead your life. Yes. All right, guys. Till next week. So, you are going to listen to that again, right? Yeah, I know you will. Okay, so if you missed it, take out your pen and your journal, and I want you to write these questions down. Number one, are you truly living your life on purpose? Number two, what does fulfillment mean to you? Number three, how are you going to lead your life? And like Marsha Ann said, 
when you're answering these questions, this is something that you're going to do when you find a quiet space where you can turn your thoughts inwards without any interruptions or disturbances and get really real with yourself. It is your life. You live it once. Liberate yourself because men sure won't do it for you, honey. So you know how we do in this community. Please give people their roses right now. Find Marsha Ann on Instagram at Marsha Ann B. And tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. Please say thank you and just share with her what it is that you took away from this conversation. And you know my playground is Instagram. So find me at Chulu by Design. Tag me. Tell your friends about the Africana Woman podcast. And let me know what you took away from this episode. So I will talk to you soon. This has been a production of Africana Woman Media.